That's right, it's Bills by the Numbers, where we let the stats tell you where the Bills are at. We're presented by FanDuel. Make every moment more coming up. What does ESPN's Power Football Index say about the Bills going forward now with half the season gone? And just how efficient have they been? And why it still has the Bills near the top. Steve flexes his brains in the numbers game. Hey, what's our win probability for this episode? Glad you had time for us here on Bills by the Numbers. Bills Wall of Famer Steve Castor there. Bills insider Chris Brown here. And coming off a rough patch for the Bills, some fans are gripping a bit. Partly because <laughs> the Bills lost two in a row to the Jets and Vikings. And partly because the rest of the AFC East is hanging right there with Buffalo and leapfrogging them, as a matter of fact, on tiebreaker. Going forward. What is the more concerning prospect for you, Steve Tasker? The Bills getting right or the staying power of the rest of the AFC East teams? Oh, I'm, I'm just worried, worried about the Bills. They're, they're the team. If they go in and play games with mistake-free or pretty mistake-free, their margin of error is huge, as we saw the other day. And in any of their losses you can name uh, over the last two years, they're their own worst enemy. As long as the Bills can come in, play and mind their P's and Q's and cross their T's and dot their I's, there's nobody's going to beat them. So it's about the Bills. It doesn't matter how tough or, or easy their schedule is the remaining weeks. They're, gonna, they're the team. They're, the, they're, the, they're a wagon, guys, and they're going to play. If they can play mistake-free football, nobody can stay with them. Not, I, don't mean, I don't mean give them a close game. I don't mean anybody can't – nobody can stay with them. So if they play mistake-free, they're a wagon so you can get on board. But that's what they're up against right now. They're up against themselves and their own demons a little bit right now, I as think. As far as what concerns me more, the Bills don't concern me because I believe Coach McDermott and his staff will get that thing right. It may have taken a little longer than fans would have liked, but I think they'll get everything right. So that's why my concern lies with the staying power of the AFC East. The Dolphins look like a legitimate contender. Their offense has been putting up points with alarming regularity. It's schemed very well to make easy reads for Tua, and he's making good decisions, and the defense has found some footing of late. I don't expect the Jets to hang in there, but they're a tough out. And the rematch with them, I think, is going to be a slugfest again. And even the Patriots could be a couple of grinded-out games here coming up yes. for the Bills. I think the Bills will right the ship, as I said, but the rest of the division is turning out to be a lot more competitive than anticipated, and that's something you really can't control. And that's why I have that concern. Now, the ESPN Power Football Index, Steve, which is one of the more respected predictive models for NFL football, heading into Week 11 had Buffalo ranked second in their power index behind only annual nemesis Kansas City. Without getting too deep in the weeds, it measures a team's true strength on a net point scale if the team was to play an average opponent on a neutral field. Chiefs were first with an index of 10.1, followed by Buffalo, an index of 8.2. Then there is a sharp drop-off to Philadelphia and Baltimore, who both have an index of 5.8, very far below those top two teams. So what do you think of those top four right now, according to the Football Power Index? Kansas City, Buffalo, Philly, Baltimore. It's a very good scale. Um, 
Kansas City is, is hard to beat because, and we've seen it and talked about it, you got to score with Kansas City. You have got to put points on the board. If your team cannot score, you cannot beat them because sooner or later they're going to snap off a big play or they're going to string enough plays together to score multiple times on you during the game. It's just the way it is. They're built that way, and if you're going to beat them, you got to hang in there with them. It, at times, they're almost indefensible because they have so many weapons, and Mahomes will always make a play here and there. That's the way Kansas City is, and that's what Buffalo is built to do. Their quarterback extends plays. Their quarterback pulls it down and runs. Their quarterback moves the football. They're efficient, and they score points. That's what you have to do to beat them. Same thing. Baltimore, they've got that quarterback, that guy who is that unicorn type of player. And Philly, all that you hear about Philly is that they, they're so well-rounded. We saw that in a game against um, – Washington. Now, Washington's certainly not a juggernaut of a team, but Philly turned it over four times, and it was still everything Washington could do to put that game away. Mm -hmm. They finally did. Um, Philly is a lot like the Bills, a lot like Kansas City. If you beat them, you beat them by three points or less. If you, if you get out behind them, they're going to run you into the table. So, yes, I like those four teams. They're, they're really good. You can see them on the field. The way they play on both sides of the football, tough to beat. The Chiefs have been the more explosive club of late, more explosive than the Bills, who have had trouble, you know, rediscovering, you know, big plays, explosive plays. Heck, they've just been struggling with efficiency on offense. If you remember about a month ago, though, the Chiefs were a little touch and go on offense. Yeah. You know, they hadn't figured it all out. Their new pieces weren't blending in as they had hoped. And then they got things sorted out. I think we're all hoping Buffalo does the same thing after a little bit of a rough patch for them. The drop-off to Philadelphia and Baltimore, I think, is tied directly to the two quarterbacks. Hertz and Jackson, to me, aren't quite as consistent or efficient as Mahomes or Allen, Allen's recent run of play notwithstanding. But that top four makes sense to me. The only other team I might consider here is Dallas. What do you have? What are your thoughts on Dallas? Because the defense is really good. Yeah. The offense probably can. doesn't quite measure up, but they yeah. can score 24, 28 points on a pretty regular basis. Run and their run it. game is probably better with Tony Pollard than Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dallas, there, there's some other teams, and I'm not going to say that these four are the only teams you should even think no. about. Um, the, there are other teams out there that are playing well. Miami is going through a great stretch right now where they're scoring a lot of points, yep. hard to keep up with, no question about it. Tennessee seems to have found themselves, but they're one of those grinder teams. You know, they're not going to score 60 points on a team or 50 or 40. If they're down 17, the game's over. That's correct. Um, they're down 14. New England's a little bit like Tennessee where they grind it out. You know, they try and just do enough. Their defensively, offense is a mess right now. Defensively, though, though they're, they're top-notch. Dallas is one of those teams in that, in that level of play where they can beat you a couple of different ways, but only if it goes their way. Uh, I'm not – now, Dak Prescott is good. He's not elite. But he's not elite. Yeah, and I would I, agree with that. And that's, that's where I would go. When it comes to overall efficiency, the ESPN.com model has the Eagles in the top spot here in Week 11, just a tenth of a point ahead of the Bills, who are again second. And again, there's a drop-off from Buffalo at 74.2 and Philadelphia at 74.3. It drops all the way down to 66.3 with Kansas City next. And then there's another tier after that with Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Dallas. So the same four teams atop the power index are also in the conversation at or near the top of their efficiency model as well. 
do one of those teams give you more concern than any of the others as, as far as being a threat to Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, well, the threats, I, I think um, there's three AFC teams in that conversation. That's why I'm Cincinnati, asking. Cincinnati, Baltimore, <laughs> Kansas City. So, yeah, those, those are the teams you worry about. Cincinnati uh, does not. Uh, I think they're too much of a roller coaster, and, and uh, I think their slow start is going to doom them. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think their conference record is very good either. Baltimore, on the other hand, is a team. Buffalo has played and beaten very rough. It's a rough game, but it was in Baltimore. Uh, that would be a good game. And the Kansas City, obviously, is going to be a really good game when the Bills and Chiefs meet again, um, depending on where that is. Um, those are the ones that do it. And and I would put Kansas City, obviously, at the top of that list, yeah. then followed by Baltimore, then maybe Kansas City. The thing I about, mean, Cincinnati, excuse me. The thing about Kansas City is they're dealing with some injuries right now. They've finally run into a little bit of adversity, much like the Bills have been dealing with all season long in terms of injuries. Kansas City, Marquez Val Valdez-Scantling is nicked up. So, too, is Juju Smith-Schuster. They just picked up Kadarius Toney at the trade deadline from the Giants. They need that guy now. Yeah. Those other two guys may not be back in the lineup anytime soon. Um, There's a lot of football and a lot of a lot of roads you got to cross to get through this season right. in the regular season. You don't know what these teams are going to look like in another month and a half. And the perfect example of that is the Bills were very efficient the first month of the season, then drifted away from that efficiency after being so explosive against Pittsburgh. And it was almost like that game convinced the Bills they could push the ball down the field more than they had been through the first month of the season. And it didn't really come back to bite them until the Jets and Vikings games. So hopefully Josh and company can make that correction. The only teams, the only team, as I said, and Steve said it also, whose efficiency scares me a bit is Kansas City. Because if they have all their people healthy. They're a problem for yeah, everybody. you got to outscore them. you got to yeah. score 35 just to be in a position yeah. to win. Yeah, to make it close. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of remaining strength of schedule for Buffalo, Kansas City, Philadelphia, and Baltimore, the top four teams we've been mentioning here throughout, it's the Ravens with the easiest remaining schedule, not just among these four teams, in the entire league, Steve. Then the Chiefs, who have the third easiest schedule in the league, and then the Eagles and Bills are pretty comparable. They've got the 12th and 14th most difficult schedules left this season, so somewhere in the middle of the pack, as the winning percentage of their opponents collectively is over 500. With the AFC East and the NFC East being far more competitive top to bottom than anticipated, that's why the Eagles and Bills schedules are tougher the rest of the way. How much could that compromise the goal for Buffalo and perhaps even Philadelphia to nail down the number one playoff seed in their respective conferences. Well, it's going to affect them quite a bit, I think, because you don't know who's going to be healthy and how healthy you are to come down the stretch. But it's like we started today's conversation with. It's like we started the conversation. I think it's about the Bills. They've got to think when they're healthy and they play their football, don't make mistakes, don't turn the ball over. There isn't too many teams that can hang with them. Yeah. Uh, whether they're on the schedule or not, whether they have a tough schedule or not, the Bills are a different animal, like the Chiefs and like the Ravens, and, and lately like the Dolphins have been. The Bills are a different animal, and they can beat you with defense. They can beat you with offense, uh, and I think that, that fact makes it so you really can't worry about the difficulty of your schedule coming down the stretch uh, or anybody else's ease of schedule. You've got to just make 
your way and try and play the best football you can. That's where it comes down to, I think, at this point of the season. Certainly, you look at Baltimore's schedule. they got Carolina, Jacksonville, and uh, the Falcons. And that's along with the Steelers and Bengals and Browns that are struggling in their own division. Um, And that's where Buffalo's schedule is surprisingly difficult is because of their own division. Yeah, I don't like that the Ravens have the easiest remaining schedule. To me, that means they have a good chance of posting more than 12 wins, which is a problem. Right. The Chiefs, with the third easiest schedule, isn't good either, as their division remains a collective disappointment. Buffalo's schedule is tougher, as we said, because their division turned out to be tougher. That stinks. But you got to find a way, as the big banner out on the practice field says here at One Bills Drive. Finally, let's dive into the ESPN.com win-loss record models, and they have the Bills with the second-best win projection among AFC clubs. They have the Bills projected to win 12 games, 12 and change. It was like 12.2, whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, to finish with a final record of 12 and 5. The only team ahead of them right now in the AFC is the Chiefs, who are projected now to win 13 and a half games according to their model based on that easy schedule that we mentioned. Steve, what would be your reaction if the Chiefs <laughs> once again <laughs> grab the top seed in the AFC, meaning the Bills, if they got far enough, would have to go to Kansas City again to advance in the playoffs? Oh, my God! That's just the way it goes. Uh, we've seen it before. We saw it back in the 80s when Cleveland had to play Denver three times in the championship game. We've seen it at other times when these two teams get good at the same time, and for whatever reason, one team just has that advantage. That doesn't scare me. I'm, the build, it, For me, the more you play in an arena – the easier it gets. And the Bills have gone Meaning in there, Arrowhead. Meaning Arrowhead. Um, it'll be like a division opponent. It'll be – certainly won't be a home crowd. But they'll be – I mean, they'll – there's a lot of positive memories to draw from in that building. And, the, and that's – In the regular season. In the regular season. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah. Plenty of, plenty of positives to draw from. And, uh, yeah. They'll, they'll just have to do it. I'm certainly, it's just one of those quirks of the schedule. It's like, wow, man, again. I think 12 wins is realistic for Buffalo, and I'm not sure that gets them the top seed. That's my chief concern because you knew that was their ultimate goal coming in this year. Now, there's a lot of runway left with eight games, and the Bills could go on a tear here at the drop of a hat. As you said, right. You know, they play their best football, they're going to mow people down. But with these injuries still an issue, particularly on defense, the division slate being tougher. I think they should focus just on winning the division first. And if your record is good enough to be in the hunt for the top seed, well, then that's gravy. I, I try to remind myself that the Bills last year, after week 14, Steve, they were 7-6. and six That's right. And turned it on down the stretch. I hope they feel that desperate now, right now, going into week 11, right. because it's a much tighter race this year in their division and the conference. Yeah, they finished the last season last season they won on four a in a row at the end, right? They were yeah, they were at home against Carolina, they won. They went to New England and won that big game there. They were at home against Atlanta and then they were at home against the Jets. So they had three of their last four at home. Pretty easy schedule. And it was an easy schedule. Um, if you know, Patriots were a playoff team, but nevertheless, um, the Bills got them. So that's, you know, it was different. This year it's not going to be quite like that. This year, of course, if you all know, um, 
you go two road games after after the Cleveland Browns game here at home. You go at Detroit, at New England. All right, then you got the closing at home against the Jets, at home against Miami. Then you go to Chicago and Cincinnati, and then you get New England at home. That the division is the key to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You got to win the division games. You got to sweep them. You got to sweep. You got to finish four and two. Yeah, you can't. I mean, there's still a chance too that those those teams play each other and they're going to knock each other off and they'll they'll get mediocre like that. But still, uh, because you don't think the Jets think, hey man, we got a shot at this now. Yeah, that's what they think. Uh, And Miami certainly do. Certainly, yes. So that could happen. But sitting here at week eleven, you can't count on that kind of stuff going on. You got to think you got to win your games. Yeah. It is time for the numbers game where we get Steve to flex his cerebral cortex <laughs> as best as he possibly can. And, Steve, we know run defense has been a bone of contention for Bills fans the last few weeks. So I thought the run defense was improved against the Vikings. Fans, of course, don't like the 81-yard touchdown run by Dalvin Cook. But with that a focus, I thought I'd check to see if you could guess the teams that have a better defensive win rate against the run than Buffalo. Just as a precursor, Buffalo ranks 15th in the league in defensive rush win rate. This is winning on run defense, basically. They have a 60.3% success rate. This does not count scramble plays by quarterbacks. It is strictly running back runs, or I guess a receiver coming around on a jet sweep or something. So knowing knowing you have half the league to choose from, can you give me six teams that you think are ahead of the Bills in run, defense, win rate? Maybe you can give me six of the 14 teams ahead of them. I'll say Tennessee. Number one in the league, 70.5% win rate on run D. I will say the New York football Jets. This is the whole league, right? Yep. The Jets are 13th, so they are ahead of Buffalo. <sighs> okay. Um... I will say Baltimore. Baltimore not ahead. They've had trouble on defense. That's one of the big reasons they traded for Roquan Smith. It was New England. New England is just ahead of Buffalo. Really? By percentage points. They are 14th. Philly? Philadelphia, no. Not in the run defense. Minnesota. Minnesota. No. no Seriously. Again. No again for Minnesota. I think Minnesota was like 24th against the run coming into the game last What's going last on, week? man? Um, I need three more teams from you, Steve. Dallas. Dallas is number nine. They are on the list. 62.6% run D win rate. Need two more from you. I'll say about Seattle. Seattle's number six, 63.9% against the run. I thought they'd been winning games. Yeah. I mean, I know Geno Smith's getting a lot of the credit, yeah, but they, good, they score like yeah. 20, 21, 22 points All a game, right. and their defense holds them to 17 and under, and they, that's how they're winning. Next guess, San Francisco. San Fran, number three, 66.2%. Your top three teams in defensive. Is that, all my, is that the six you wanted? You got the six that I needed from you. The top three teams in defensive run win rate. Tennessee, the Rams, San Fran, and then it's Washington and Pittsburgh. Really? So those are your top five. The, the, the thing I found most interesting, Steve, in this category, the entire AFC East, 
ranks 12th, 13th, 14th, and 15th, all in order, with Miami being 12th, the Jets 13th, New England 14th, and Buffalo 15th. Part two of the numbers game, Steve. The second rushing category we have for you is opponent yards before contact average. Which NFL defenses Oof. are ahead of the Bills in getting a hit on an opposing rusher as soon as possible? Buffalo actually ranks very favorably in this category, Steve. They're eighth in the league with a figure of 1.14 opponent yards before contact. I need five of the seven All teams right. that are better than that. That's, all right. So what was it? Tennessee. Tennessee is barely ahead of them. Actually, they're tied with them. 1.14. I'll so that's take correct. San Francisco, number one, point seven. They don't even their opponents don't even get a yard and they're hitting them. That's pretty impressive. All right, I'll take uh, Pittsburgh, and that would be wrong. God, you just said that. All right. Well, different category, different um, metric. Dallas. Dallas is not in the top seven. Who, I can't. I should have remembered all these. I can't you, remember. You should have. There are a couple Philly. of crossovers. Philadelphia, number six, 1.11 yards allowed before contact. Seattle, no, not yeah. Seattle. There are. There is one Rapido team on here from the last list. I got Tennessee though, right? I mean, you, you oh, got Tennessee. Not, yeah. You got San Fran, and you got Philadelphia. I need two more. I need two more of the top seven ahead of Buffalo in opponent yards before contact average. Jets. No. Miami. No. <laughs> I'll give you one more guess. And if you get that, that earns you another guess. All right. Tampa Bay. No. So here they are in order. Teams that are the best at getting contact on the opposing rusher as soon as he gets the football. San Fran, as we said, which you guessed, number one in the league, .76 yards. They're hitting somebody. Indianapolis, number two, .85, followed by Denver, the Rams, Carolina, Philly, Tennessee, and Buffalo. One last note here for yards per rush after contact by opponents. The Bills rank 25th. They're allowing 3.44 yards per carry after contact by opponents. Mm the eighth highest average in the league, which may speak to some of the tackling problems we saw in recent yeah. weeks when facing the run game. Not bad in the numbers game, Steve. You were hot out of the gate, and then you cooled off a little yeah. bit, quite <laughs> frankly. Um, hey, you want to win a million dollars? Well, you can with FanDuel's free pick-em-style game, high-low. Pick teams for four different stat categories that you think will score the highest or the lowest for the week. The more you get right, the more you can win. Get them all correct, and you could take home a million dollars. Just go to FanDuel.com slash low. that's H-I-L-O, to play. Now, we've got the Week 11 edition this week. Steve, you've got high-low for points. Right. Let them rip. All right, high for points. I am going for the bounce-back game for the Philadelphia Eagles against Indianapolis. I think they're going to come back focused, uh, get back on track, and score a lot of points against Indianapolis. Low for points, <laughs> Baker Mayfield and your Carolina Panthers mm. against the Baltimore Ravens. That's who I'm taking for low for points. High for points is Philly. Low for points, Carolina. Okay. High for passing yards, I'm taking the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is good for 300 almost every single week, and the Chargers are giving away yards like it's a fire sale. So Kansas City, high for passing yards. For the low in passing yards, I'm rolling with the Texans. Davis Mills 
has played valiantly, but with his number one wideout stripped of his captaincy and still grumpy about not getting traded in Brandon Cooks, there are circumstances that don't lend themselves to success. Plus, they're playing a surging Washington defense. All right, high for rushing yards. I'm going to, I feel, yeah, compelled to take the Bears. Uh, Justin Fields is turning it loose up there. His ability to chip in for that against Atlanta. Uh, he's running like crazy. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think gonna roll up some good numbers on the ground. Okay, and low for rushing yards. I'm gonna do it again. The Los Angeles Rams. Uh, they are playing the New Orleans Saints. They don't run it. They can't run it. They don't like to run it. They're not gonna run it. Okay. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Steve? <laughs> that, that, that's low and okay. that's low rushing yards. Gotcha. High for sacks. I like the Cowboys in this spot. Smarting after a back and forth loss to Green Bay. They'll come in hungry to face the Vikings. Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons are going to put up some numbers in that one. Low for sacks. I'm rolling with the Lions. They're 28th in the league in sack percentage. They're playing a Giants QB in Daniel Jones, who is mobile and is put out on the edges of the defense a lot. So I don't see there being a lot of opportunity there. So Detroit, low for sacks. Our closing figure this time, Steve, deals with Bills quarterback Josh Allen. He currently has... 158 combined passing and rushing touchdowns and needs three more to pass Patrick Mahomes and Cam Newton for the second most combined passing and rushing touchdowns by a player in his first five seasons in NFL history. That would leave him behind only Dan Marino, who had 171 in his first five pro seasons, and he could catch him with eight games to play. Care to guess, Steve, how many of Dan Marino's 171 Rushing and passing touchdowns were rushing touchdowns by Marino. You may guess how many rushing I touchdowns know of in the his first 171. How many were rushing touchdowns? I will for say Dan for my boy Danny, I will say one. The answer is three. Oh, but you I were knew. close. I knew. I knew three that guy. out of one seventy. That guy. Listen, he's a friend. <laughs> like, he's a friend of mine. So I used to tease it because you know back, he played for so long, was so good. There was a point in his in his career when he after he popped his Achilles, Achilles yeah. he didn't even wear shoes that matched. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you can't, you know, like. So yeah, congratulate Dan Marino, Hall of Famer, first ballot guy, all time great quarterback. Good, he's he's a wonderful guy. Um, three out of Josh one. has 35 rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Marino, out of 171, had three. Three. Which, I mean, it, I was expecting it to be low, but that, oh, is, that is anemic. I knew. He. <laughs> that guy. That guy wouldn't even walk to the trash can. He'd throw, he'd, he'd throw it. He'd throw it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That'll do it for this edition of Bills by the Numbers. Be sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use or watch us on the Bills YouTube channel. Because when you need to know about the Bills, you need to check Bills by the Numbers. For Steve Tasker, I'm Chris Brown. We'll catch you next time, everybody.